Congo. It's not comfortable. Especially if you're the one going through it, like right. editing, you're like, oh my god, come that on. Me? Long, I said that? <laughs> for a long time, whenever we, uh, well, for whenever we had first started, it's like, dude, I gotta lean, bro. <laughs> we started where we were kind of sitting sideways. I'm like, no, dude. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, whenever we were talking about this, I was like, yeah, I might would like to sit in the chair, but then I'm like, yeah. I got a side profile of myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't any good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're here back again with Stop the Ship. We've got Mr. West, and I've got a guest, a special guest out here in Texas. This is John Hawes, founder and CEO of NRSNG. Uh, my man's making big moves. We got to fly out here um, because he had this second annual, second annual um, <laughs> NRSNG Live conference here in Allen, Texas, and uh, got to come out and do a little talk, and it was pretty awesome. So, Wanted to get you on here and just chat with you, man. Uh, you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is John Hawes. We're down here in Texas. I run a nursing education company called NRSNG. Uh, we really focus now on the student and trying to make their struggles easier, trying to make their life easier. Because, I mean, I'm a nurse by background. That's kind of how Brad and I met. Yeah. Uh, and got a family, got two kids, and that's about it. That's about all I do is family and, and business. Family and business. <laughs> that's about it. That's awesome. That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell the people how you got how you got to where you are. How we got to where I am. Because a lot of people are really interested. At least I am anyway. Whenever you look at people who are successful businessmen and women, it's like you kind of get to a point where you can feel like you have a limitation in your mind. It's like, how can Absolutely. I ever achieve yeah. that kind of success? And then understanding like we're just humans. You right. Know? Um, so just to let people know. How far back do we go? Uh, as far back as you want to go. <laughs> All right, cool. Wherever you feel like your story began. So for me, I mean, I, I would probably go back to college. Um, when I graduated high school, I was pretty set on landscape architecture. Like, I'm going to be a landscape architect. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, that was the plan. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it, went to school. That was my first major. Mm. Uh, and then shortly after that, my second major was engineering. Then it was business. Okay. Then it was, you know, that's kind of how it was. I was switching majors every single semester. Uh -huh. So yeah. I took an intro to everything. Okay. Right. <clears throat> uh, graduated my associates, but it took me about 120 credit hours to get my associates because really? I was bouncing so much. Yeah, nothing yeah, ever yeah. lined up. And so after my associates, I actually pulled out of college. Okay. Came back here to Texas and started up a lawn business for the first time. Okay. <laughs> and at that point, found my wife. We got married. Yeah. So I'm still sitting there with my associates. No real degree, no real work experience, honestly. And we move up to Oklahoma for her to start her job as a dietitian. And so up there, the big plan is I started watching HGTV. And I'm like, I'm okay. going to flip houses. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Nice. So we bought a couple terrible houses, <laughs> lost a lot of money. And that was my full-time role there. Uh, and it was at that point that my buddy who was in medical school calls me. He's like, hey, you should go to nursing school. So I applied to nursing school up there, go to the first day of orientation. He didn't say you should go to med school? No, he was like, don't do med school, dude. Like, med school is, is terrible. Don't do it. Oh, be no. a nurse so you can be a CRNA. He's like, okay. better schedule, easier to get into, you know, better work-life yeah, balance. Sure. So I look at it, apply, got into the nursing school up there, went to the first day there and looked around. And I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel like I fit in, didn't feel like it was right. right. You know, the stories they tell on that first day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Horror stories. Yeah, so I pulled out. I told my wife, all right, I'm going to go medical school then. Okay. So we wrapped things up there in Oklahoma, moved back here to Dallas, moved in with her parents, and I started taking prereqs for med school. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife at the time, well, my wife, my wife at the, my wife that I have today at the time, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> she's, uh, 
she's like, she's going to go to med school too. So we're both going to apply to med school. We're going to be, you know, husband, wife, physician team. So we start taking prereqs together, which was a bad idea because I'm really competitive. And she gets an A in physics. I get a B. And I'm like, damn it. You know, I'm med school's out. Not doing that. So at the time, I'm working at a sporting goods store here. And I don't know if you guys have Academy Sports out. Yeah. So I was working just doing stock at Academy Sports, 4 a.m. to noon, you know, every day doing that. Uh, And the position opens up down in Houston at the corporate office to become a buyer down there. So in the meantime, side note, I finished my bachelor's degree online. So I just get an online bachelor's degree just to have something. Okay. So I got a bachelor's in business, working as a stock boy, and moved down to Houston to become a buyer for, for Academy Sports. First day on the job, I'm like, this was a mistake. You yeah, because it's sitting at a computer in a cubicle, with your yeah, with your button up. So everything that you've been through, let me interject real yeah. quick. Everything that you had been through up to that point, how did that feel? Having a bachelor's in business and doing what you were doing and not being fulfilled. I mean, I thought so when I took that job. I thought, and my wife and I, we both thought we're like, okay, in six months, I'm going to be moving up in the company, right? Right. Okay. And that's not how it goes in a big corporate place. You know, yep. you got to spend your time. You got to mm-hmm. wait for other people to retire. Yep. So I mean, when I first got the job, it was kind of fulfilling it was like you know i've this this is i'm doing something real in the world versus trying to start these little businesses and things so it actually felt good um but then my wife gets pregnant Mm -hmm. first time and we realized my my salary was only like thirty-seven thousand a year you know which at the time felt like a ton of money for us but when she had to pull back from her job we realized there's no way i'm going to be able to provide for the family so that's when I go to nursing school again. Okay. So I applied to nursing school again, but we realized I have to have a nursing school that's online and or at night and weekends so she can work in the day. Mm-hmm. I can take care of our child. Yeah. Then I would go to school at night, you know, kind gotcha. of balance it like that. So we moved up to Illinois, go to nursing school, uh, had that whole experience. It was actually a pretty terrible experience. I talk about it a lot on, on my blog and stuff, but it, it started laying the groundwork for where we are today. Mm-hmm. So at one point, I actually withdraw from nursing school, move back in with my parents, and, and go back to lawn care. Uh, and how old were you at this time? Almost 30. Okay. Yeah, almost 30 with an online degree yeah. and nothing else. And I was going to a no-name nursing school, you know. Gotcha. So I'm like, I'm going to do lawn care because that's what I know, and that's what I kept going back to because I knew how to make money with it. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was never, it was enough money when I was single, right? But now I got a, a wife and kid living with my parents, and then... My wife ends up pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's like, I, I, and I remember it was about Christmas time. I can't remember the year, but it was about Christmas time. Shortly after learning she was pregnant, that I'm, I would lay awake in bed that whole like Christmas season, just stressed about this, right? Because that's the down season too. Yeah. For, and I'm trying to figure out how we're going to make money. And I just couldn't sleep. It was, it was terrible. It was like the first time I really felt like, uh, like, depression at like a big level you yeah. know and anxiety gotcha. and stuff it's like sure. how am I going to do this the walls closing in yeah everything it felt like everything was closing in exactly because yeah. we couldn't live with my parents I mean I couldn't do that you know so I'm about 30 at that time 29 well, I must have been 31 even almost okay. 30 31 um so luckily we left the door open with my school that I could go back so I get online one day after talking with my wife I'm like I guess let's let's do this right so I email the school I'm like hey is it cool if I come back so we tried to work out, is there a way I can stay in Dallas and finish remote? And they're like, there's just no way we can do that. You need to be here in person. So uh, talk with our parents, talk with my in-laws. We're like, we can't afford this. So they both lend us enough money to, to move up there, finish up school. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it was a life. So there's, we told them, we're like, 
this is what we want to do and there's no way we can do it right. without without help because we're already on food stamps medicaid WIC, yeah. uh, all that stuff my wife's already trying to work we're about to have a second kid it's just not going to work otherwise so i end up going to school then my wife and two kids come up a couple weeks later for me to finish that last semester and then i finished nursing school so now i have a degree that can make yeah. money and i can go anywhere with right. right so that felt good got a job right away here at a big hospital in dallas and shortly after that just kind of start writing online about my experience pretty anonymously right because i'm like yeah. i'd never done youtube before gotcha i'd never done podcasts before or even really blogging um and all i knew of youtube was the comments right right where the trolls live right right yeah. and so like <laughs> if i start sharing this stuff online i know people are gonna hate me because it's controversial but like i struggled i just want to get this stuff out there sure so started really anonymously with this website. It was like nursing school study aids or something. Okay. Didn't put my name anywhere on it. And then eventually kind of did a podcast. I don't remember. I think listening to Pat Flynn or okay. something like that. You don't know if you know Pat no, Flynn. Smart passive income guy. Uh, he had a walkthrough series on YouTube about how to start a podcast. So I just followed the steps. That's awesome. Recorded the first one. It was horrible. Uh, but it got the first 10 downloads, <laughs> right? And I'm like, is. all right. So maybe people want some more Let of this. That so fire. Yeah. I put the second one out, you know. Put the third one out. Put the fourth one out. <clears throat> and people kept listening. And so I started becoming less anonymous. I was like, okay, maybe there's a little tribe here of people who who, who want to listen to this and who agree sure. with this and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was timid at first, very timid at first and scared of, of you know, what people would how they would accept it. But yeah. As they started to accept it more, I started to be more vulnerable and share more mm-hmm. of my story. And then people started emailing saying, Hey, I thought you were talking about my school. I thought you were talking about my uh, journey. And I'm like, All right. Maybe this wasn't just my problem because I went to a small private nursing school, unheard of. Right. Um, and so I thought maybe just this school doesn't have the funding mm-hmm. or whatever to be good. Then you realize it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And then we're getting people from top tier schools emailing too, saying. And then you start Look. building this community. Exactly. Yeah. So then it really started around the community, and so we I, we really focused on that. Even from the beginning, one of the first terms we used was NRSNG family. Mm-hmm. They look. You might feel you know, rejected out there, but here you're safe. That's awesome. And so, yeah, we really started it. It was in our SMG and the tagline was like tools and confidence to succeed. Mm-hmm. Cause we said, okay, we're going to give you some tools, which were, you know, things like cheat sheets and downloads and some of my notes and then confidence where the podcast is where I would dole out the confidence, you mm-hmm. know, like you can do this, you can do this. It's okay. Right. I did it. Sure. You can do it. And so that's kind of how that all started. Yeah. Um, and then continue to just, build the community is how it was you know we would once we had a community we would survey them directly what do you guys need yeah you know and then build more to that and to that gotcha uh so i don't know how much from there you want uh, from there to here no that was great <laughs> i i just because i know that there's a lot of people out there who are struggling with things like this who have those those inner i don't know turmoil where they want to be successful they want to do things and then but at the same time there's the reality of life that's holding them down and bogging them down and it's like how do we navigate out of this state of depravity into a, a mind state of, you know, just trying to be successful. Um, and that's what's so cool about this whole world is like this podcast world is, you know, you put yourself out there and everyone thinks that we're all alone in these struggles that we go through. And, you know, we internalize everything. And uh, just knowing that somebody else is struggling with the same thing, like yeah. it makes you feel like you're not alone and gives you hope. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think so... Yeah, I mean, that's how it was for me. Like, I, I started listening to some of these guys like Pat Flynn on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you know them, exactly, you know, because it's yeah. like they're in your ear every day. Uh, and they're telling you how they did it. And when they, they're they vulnerable and share their story, it's like, 
maybe they're not superhuman. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're actually a person. Right. Uh, and then you meet them at the conferences and things. You're like, they are a person. Right. You know? um, and so for me, starting out, like, the first goal was, so then it started to make some money, right? So then I put some books on, on Kindle and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is, maybe this is something. Yeah. Because I always wanted to do business and stuff, but I didn't know how to do the two. So mm-hmm. it started to make money. And the first goal was like, if I can just replace my income at yeah. the hospital, then I'll do this full time, right? Um, and then I heard someone, and I, I used to hate driving to the hospital. It was an hour and a half drive. God. I worked in the neuro ICU. Nights. Uh, nights. Hour and a half drive. Nights, hour and a half drive, neuro ICU. And I was always picking up bonus shifts and stuff to pay off the, it ended up being about $65,000 in student loan debt. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I started working nights to pay off the extra debt. And I would ride, drive to work listening to podcasts the whole way. Okay. You know, see the podcasts are like screamo music to get myself pumped up <laughs> <laughs> to actually go in. <clears throat> so I listened to, to podcasts and started listening to a lot of guys that had been, that were in business podcasts and stuff like that. And there's one guy, Ryan Daniel Moran, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a podcast. I can't even remember. But one thing he said, one, and I remember I was on 75. You guys just been yep. on 75 up in, near Plano about where you guys were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, right when I was passing that, he goes, the, the, the drive for entrepreneurship is greater than death. And I remember hearing mm-hmm. that on the way to work. And I thought, okay, am I that committed yeah. to making this work? Right. Or am I just doing this on the side? Mm-hmm. I remember coming home that next morning telling my wife, I just heard him say this, and that's what I'm going to work from. That I would rather be an entrepreneur. I would rather die yeah. than not be an entrepreneur. Yeah. That it's such a huge drive that everything's going to be on this. So when I wasn't working in the hospital, I started, this is all I did. Yeah. You know, when my kids were at preschool, this is what I did. When my kids went to bed, this is what I did. Gotcha. You know, until 11 o'clock at night. It's all I did was work, work, work for this community, trying to build up this community that yeah, I would rather die yeah. than not succeed with this. Um, That's phenomenal. I mean, it, it, it motivated me. And then he had another podcast where he said, and this is a dumb brain exercise. It feels super easy, but it was a huge motivation at the time because my mind was very limited sure. at the time, right? He goes, he goes think, of the, think of the biggest income number you can think of making in your business. Right. You know? So for me, that was maybe 50000 a year, something like that, you know? Right. And... Uh, and that was a big. That's like if we do, you know, that's like five thousand a month or sixty thousand a year, whatever. That's mm-hmm. huge. Like that's a ton. And then he goes, now ten exit. Okay. And he says, now make. And he says that's fine. So now, so for now, I'm at five hundred thousand. Okay. That's, and now he says, make yourself see that number in your bank account, and make yourself be uncomfortable with that. Like act, make it so real. Mm. Having that fifty thousand dollars a month coming in. Right. That it gets uncomfortable. Right. So that's the goal I said. I said, okay, we're going to make 50000 Right. We're going to make 50000 a year, you know? And then as we reached those milestones, we set bigger milestones mm-hmm. and bigger milestones. And every time we've reached a milestone, I 10x it next time. No. That's awesome. Uh, and so we did it recently again where I, I went to a conference in February, a um, software-focused conference, and I went with a number in mind of how big I thought this could be. First day of the conference, I called my wife, Sandy. I'm like, no, it's going to be 10x that. Right. You know, that's where we're going to go. And I was there with my lead engineer, and and we both saw it. Like, it became tangible at that moment. Yeah. And it scares the shit out of us. Sure. Yeah. But we're focused on, on you know, because that number means reach. It means impact. It means yeah. you have to think global. You have to think big. And you have to impact more people to reach the okay. level we want to be. Right. 
So yeah, those two things really drove me, and, that, and that's where we've been focused. Where it's it's not about now it's not about reaching those numbers; it's about having that impact. You know, that's really awesome. So who was that again that said that the ten X? Uh, it was Ryan Daniel Moran, and I'm trying to even remember his name of his podcast. He does he he runs the website capitalism.com. Okay. Um, and so that's really interesting. Plot twist: met him at a conference, a couple maybe last year. Okay. So he's getting ready to speak, and I saw him. I was like, "Hey, Ryan." He's like, you said this, yeah. and it changed everything. He's like, he's like, I said that. I don't, I don't oh, remember really? saying that. I was like, <laughs> it, it changed everything for me. But in that moment, he became human too. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like he's doing all these things, and I was looking at him, but it's like you're just a human. And yeah. it's just so cool to hear that um, a podcast changed your perspective, changed your focus. I told Brad before, like when I started listening to podcasts, it it changed my whole life. Because mm-hmm. it just gave me perspective of people outside of me, outside yeah. of my circle of friends and family, mm-hmm. just to think of things different and question things and not just think that you have things figured out, just right. being open to other people's perspective. And I think it gives you that global reach of people that you wouldn't, I mean, this, like we were saying before we started, like this wasn't possible even five years ago. Right. Yeah. You know, that you could sit on a podcast and hear Gary Vee. Mm-hmm talk to CEO of whatever company. It's like, that wasn't possible for me to get one-on-one interaction yeah. with those guys, you know? Right. People it's pay crazy. money to just sit in a room. To sit in a room. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. And if you internalize this stuff, I mean, you're hearing from these people exactly what they did to get where you want to be. And just, yeah. just success leaves clues. Success sure. leaves clues, and, and they're sharing their clues. You just follow that trail, yeah. exactly, and you, you get where they are. Did you have successful people in your personal life? Yeah, so, up? yeah, I think uh, what really got me into the internet stuff initially was my cousin, Spencer. Okay. So he runs a blog, Niche Pursuits. Um, yeah. And so I <laughs> actually, it was when I was in nursing school. My grandpa died, and we went out to the funeral. Mm-hmm. And so I sit down to eat lunch at the, you know, the funeral potatoes and stuff. Right. Sit next to Spencer. I'm like, so what are you working on? Or what are you doing? I said. Yeah, yeah. What's your what do you where do you work? I didn't even know. I hadn't seen him in years. And he's like, I'm quitting my job at Wells Fargo next week because my blog is making so much money that I don't have to work anymore. I'm like, Wow. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Completely. Pulled Tell me concept. what's going. On. Yeah. And so he probably told that story a hundred times, and most people just, oh, cool. You know. Right. But it was that moment for me that I was like, before that moment, I thought all internet people were scammers, right? Okay. Yeah. If yeah. you're selling something online, you're a scammer, right? Mm-hmm. And it was that moment I was like, I know Spencer. I know he's honest. And so I'm going to, so I started bothering him Yeah. every second. I was like, Dude, brain. what'd you do? How'd you do this? What, what's this doing? And for him to be able to quit his job, like that was unheard of to me, yeah. right? I didn't know that that was something that could happen. Uh, and so then anybody that he interviewed on his podcast, I saw as trustworthy because okay. I knew he was trustworthy. So I, I know he's not going to bring on. So I started following them. People like Nick Loper, Pat Flynn, okay. uh, these types of guys who were doing, you know, these niche blogs and stuff. I was, mm-hmm. So I did everything I could. I just started harassing those guys, yeah. and and got conversations with them, and just that's awesome. Yeah, I was a little mosquito just bugging these guys. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason I asked. Uh, just kind of segueing, but talking about what we were previously talking about with podcasts, just having accessibility to people. That's the reason I asked. Is you know just because, and I do keep like going back to the people out there who are watching um, the audience. Um, just the fact that <clears throat> not a lot of people do have successful people uh, in, in their circle. You know, like I said, a lot of people do grow up in that state of depravity or poverty or whatever it might be and and that's if that's all that they ever see that's all that they ever know and then it can become confining and they can never branch out and grow out as a result um 
But if they don't have anybody in their direct physical environment, it's really cool that we do have this medium right yes. here. As long as you have access to internet, I mean, you've got access to a plethora of podcasts and information that you would never. There's a podcaster, John Lee Dumas. He does the the Entrepreneurs on Fire. Okay. Or EO Fire. And he would, end, he would interview one entrepreneur every single day, mm-hmm. these short episodes. And at the end of every episode, he'd say, the Jim Rohn quote, he would say, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And he says, you've been hanging out with me and fill in the blank. Right. You know, and that meant a lot to me. It's like, yeah, you're right. Like, I just heard That's true. this dude That's true. or this girl who's light years ahead of me talk to me about how, how they did it, you know? Right. So I think that, yeah, that's what we're doing here. That's a here. great quote too, yeah. you know? I mean, it really is. It's true. And you can do that digitally. I tell my wife that. I had I told my wife that because I would say that. I was like, I need these people in my life. It's like, how do I get these people? Yeah. I have to think bigger. I have to think, you know. And so part of it's just podcast. Part of it's harassing them. Part of it's going to those conferences. And, right. And just being in the same room as these people and, and stuff. I do have another question. Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever you were going through those those very hard times when you're on WIC and Medicaid or Medicare or whatever it was, um, how did you mentally... Do you recall how, how did you mentally navigate out of the state of depression or anxiety <laughs> or you know I mean I know yeah no just to just to get past that mental block and, I mean first of all I would say that I I still have those dark times like, sure uh, even la- like we were about to have this conference right and two hundred people were coming and you were coming mm-hmm. and, and even last week I hit a really low point you know and it just happens and yeah. I think for me, like with depression, I've started to learn to kind of ride the waves a little bit. And I've let people know that anybody I hire that works directly with me, I'm like, this is, this is how it is with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I might be on these really highs and I might be able to produce really high, but I'm going to make sure we have all the meetings at that point. Cause it's likely the next week I might need a day in bed, Yeah, you know, where I'm not able to get out of bed. Gotcha. Um, and it's not cause I don't want to, but it's cause I can't. No control. Yeah, I can't. And I don't remember having depression growing up, uh, but in the last several years, it, it's hit. You know, as the stakes as the stakes feel higher in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, it feels scarier to fail. I guess almost. Yeah, sure. Um, so Lexapro helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then, as you grow, as far as surrounding yourself with good people, hire people that are better than you. Yeah. And stronger than you. And I don't mean better like better, but people who are better at certain things. Sure. Than you. Um, and learn to trust. That's one of the hardest things, learning to oh, trust yeah. and let those people, when I need a day in bed or when I need a day away, um, I know that things are going to be okay because mm-hmm. I'm hiring people able to do it all. Yeah. That's I don't know. Awesome. That probably doesn't help at all. I don't know. No, no, it does. <laughs> I mean, in the, um, in the earlier days when I had those people and stuff, it was being open with my wife. Yeah. You know, at least I had her. Um, I have a good family network. Did you ever hit a state of hopelessness? All the time. Yeah. You still. Still. Yeah, even still. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Keep you grounded? I guess. No, <laughs> it, it, no it's but hard. it's cool to see someone in your position, you know. Be open and vulnerable about that? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, so many people deal with that and they think it's because they're not where they want to be. And, yeah. you know, you're proof that where, when you are in the process of doing something, you know, great, helping all these people out, you could still feel those feelings, you know? Right. And that's another thing that makes people feel like they're not alone. Yeah. You know, it's something we all struggle with. I think, I, and I, you and I were talking about this last night. Like, people just need to be open about that because yeah. yeah. if you look at my resume externally, it's like you know, wife, two kids, right. got a house, this guy's living two a pristine cars. Life. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we're we're we got a business that 
pays 20, 30 employees. Mm-hmm. It's, that looks good. Right. But that doesn't mean that this is perfect, yeah. you know? And I still have to battle that, and it sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten as bad. It's gotten bad before, yeah. and it's even recently, you know? And I think the first thing was, and it was the hardest part, was my buddy who, who was the physician who told me to go to nursing school. We've grown up, I and mean, we're apart now, uh, distance-wise, but we're still good good friends. Yeah. It was just texting him, being like, dude, I'm... I'm down, you yeah. know, and that was being able to do that. Uh, that first person you tell is the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. But the, if you do that, it opens it up. You know, like I think depression thrives in darkness. You know, yeah. Um, and so if you can just open yeah, that's, up, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, if you can open up to one person, yeah, at least you have them you can go to. Yeah, yeah. After I lost my mom and my dad, I ended up having to get on antidepressants, and it was like because it was the same thing. It's like, dude. Every day is just shit. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work. Everything was down. I got on meds, too. I don't remember what I got on. I can't remember what I got on. But it helped. It did, yeah. you know. Um, you get you through that, that lowest point, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's also interesting how, you know, you said that, uh, you know, it's cool that he's gained the kind of success that he has, but he still deals with these things and then being open and vulnerable about it. Um, so it's interesting to think that just because – people out there who are in pursuit of success, whatever, however they define success, understanding that that may not always equate into, it's not going to solve your problems. It's not happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not joy right. and happiness or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, whenever you guys are going through the process of just trying to build whatever you're trying to build, grow however you are, just understand that if the thought in your mind is that this is just going to lead to my life becoming perfect, just understand that it's not. It's never, um, yeah. It's a constant. It's a constant navigation towards happiness. I know you love Gary Vee. You yeah. guys love Gary Vee, and that's why I think like his his goal being so big, yeah, of buying the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, and he's open about it. That's so. Cool. But that's not something because because I think here's what happened when you when you set these, and this is the value in having that 10x goal too. Of, mm-hmm. I don't like revenue targets for like achievement. You know what I mean? Because, right. but aside from that, like any goal you set, as soon as you hit it you have that moment of high mm-hmm. and then it's like yep now what yeah i thought everything was going to be good now right you know and then that's not how it is um you know who marco pierre white is uh-uh. uh he's a sh- he's the chef who um gordon ramsay trained okay. underneath and so he uh he was the youngest chef to earn three michelin stars and five black uh, it's mm-hmm. like black knives or something it's the the highest okay. level of attainment that you can get and um i was watching this uh, interview where he was talking about that and that was just he was laser focused that's all that he wanted and when he finally achieved it it was just like that it was like he was on top of the world mm-hmm. very momentarily and then after that it was just like it was just a grind to yeah. have to maintain that now i gotta go to work it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like and i think it led him down a, a path of depression and it's like <clears throat> He lost his sense of purpose, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've gained everything that I had ever wanted to gain. It's like, where do I go from here? But, That's what I'm interested to see what happens when Gary buys the New York Jets. Yeah. Because right? what's the next well, filler you, for you know, him? He's yeah. talked about that, too. Yeah. He said, uh, I really want to buy the Jets, but I'm also scared as fuck of buying the Jets, mm-hmm. too, because if that is his ultimate end goal, it's... Then like, what? Yeah. and, and he's, he's getting closer and closer. Yeah. 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 yeah, he is. Guy's a beast. It's he just is. awesome that, you know, we talk about manifesting things, like, into reality, and he has the courage to put it out into the world. Like, there's a chance that he never could. Right. right. But, um, you know, he... He's being vulnerable by setting a goal, letting everybody know his goal. So, you know, there could be haters that hold him to it. Right. Like, no, you said this, um, but it's just he's manifesting that, and I'm sure that's a goal he'll accomplish. 
And I think that yeah. with that too, like, because we've been talking about surrounding yourself with people, like, internally, like, our company, I've, I've scared the shit out of every employee because of the goals that I've set for this company. Right. But what it does, is it's forcing all of them to expand a little bit too. Because they yeah. all came and said, well, my job is to be an accountant, for example. Mm-hmm. So as long as I complete this spreadsheet, I'm, no, your job is to be CFO of the largest nursing company in the world. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, now, how do I get to there? Uh, damn, we just printed this quote that I really like. It's... Uh, it set goals so high that you can't achieve them with the person you are today or whatever like okay. that. Yeah, I, I, I can't be the CEO of the largest nursing education company, but, but that's okay. We're not that company today, Right. but I'm going to be the CEO of that company. There you go. And I'm going to grow to be that. That's awesome, man. I think we're probably at the, yeah. about at the end of our time. Uh, we're going to do like hot ones. Do you want to cool. plug anything? Let people know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're over at nrsng.com. Uh, you know any nurses? Send them our way. Yeah. John Halls, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Appreciate you for coming out, man. For real. <laughs> <laughs>